slash unofficial Killjoys number two review, because I'm sure other topics will come up. Wait, we have a series? We do a series of episodes now? That's I don't know. It's, it's, for us, it's crazy. I, I mean, we're this is the second one in, what, two weeks? Wow. That's true. That's true. That is a first. We normally have the pop-up shop mentality of it happens, and then it's gone, and sometimes we come back. Like, I'm pretty sure the last episode dropped, like, a week after the first one came out. Yeah, it was only, like, a week or two ago. So, yeah, it's, uh, we're on... We're on time. We're on time. We're on time. And I will say, uh, this is going to be a weird one to talk about because I think we're both in the same boat of, I really enjoyed it and I wish it was longer. Yeah, that's pretty much how I feel about it. So I guess we'll start now. Yeah. So. I, it was really cool. The continued story. It was kind of interesting to see where all the Killjoys had kind of grown up and what jobs they picked and what jobs they took and get more hints at the larger story. Uh, a lot, again, a lot of more and more of this weird they live influence that I'm really, really digging, but uh, getting a ton more of that where you see all the cops or have like that weird alien looking face. And there's also that like weird 70s coloring going on too. Yeah, I will say the entire team, like, well, who's doing Lee Ramiro? Is that who's uh, I believe is the uh, artist? And then I, the colorist yeah. is Jordy Bellers on color. Yeah, who doesn't have a Twitter, which makes tagging things very hard. Huh? You're always up. I know that's one of the few people doesn't does not have one, and so anytime I tag, I feel like I'm leaving them out, but uh, not on purpose. It's just I have to if I don't I have to put hashtag, and I just feel weird doing that. <laughs> I feel weird hashtagging a specific person that doesn't have a Twitter. It feels weird. Or it should be like your arts where it just exists, but no one is yeah. anymore. I still tag it, but that's more so just because other people that follow Gerard just click on everything he's mentioned in. Like, I'll still, I'll still tag. I miss the days of being able to get an actual Gerard response on things. Because he was shockingly good at liking or responding to a ton of stuff. Yeah, I remember those days. I think he retweeted one of my Pixies tweets at one point. Yeah, I That was crazy. Yeah, he had a couple where he... I had one uh, talking about an, a specific anime that he responded back to, answered, liked, and then retweeted. I was like, oh, okay. And uh, that's that's it now. Now he's just mysterious off on Instagram sometimes, making ominous, mysterious posts that people break, in, break down and look into for 75 hours nonstop. It's like a Watch Mojo video. It is. It's better. So- at, le- at least there's some substance there. Yeah, so speaking of the book, I really love these back covers. Am I doing for them? Yes, I adore them. I'm hoping like crazy that whenever the hardcover or something comes out, we get nice full pages of those or even posters of those because I'm loving every single one so far. All I, yeah. So far, there's two of them, but they've both been great. So so about this issue, uh, since I'm not really sure, it's kind of off the cuff random talking yeah. about um as far as random references, I really appreciate how uh, Nana is just called Nana. Yeah. Um, like I said, that's funny. Um, I like this weird consumerism is bad plot we keep doing. Yeah. So we're getting again. I think I can. I think I really see why this wasn't it. Because looking back at these ideas, again, they work so well in the comic sphere, but I don't think a lot of these things can be taken out of the comics world without being either labeled as 
a ripoff or too influenced or too similar or not working in a music video, not working in a show, but they work so well in the comics world, I can totally see why this is a first and foremost comic story and was not, they had to change things to be in the music world or in the other comic world or everything else. It's very, very unique, but it's that weird thing where it's a combination of so many different influences and it wears those influences proudly that it works so well because they're so like desperate, different ideas that are coming together in really cool ways. Uh, totally. Do you think the art looks more in a anime style to you or what? Cause I was trying to debate that the whole time. I don't know. It has. Cause like some panels look more like anime almost like eighties style, like vibe. And other times it doesn't. I think a lot of the color is that the color to me definitely has that kind of bright, almost bright muted anime colors, like the eighties and nineties of yeah. that weird wicked city, Akira ghost in the shell type of, vibrant cities that always look dark and dingy like every it continues that tradition of everything feels kind of dirty and kind of wrong and in a good way oh, yeah. i can totally i could totally see that it has a, that's one thing i've noticed about good uh yeah it has a very unique art style that i and color style that they complement each other really well but i i it's hard to put my finger on because i haven't seen too many other books especially of recent like that it reminds me, there's a book that came out a couple years ago from Dark Horse called Pop that was this weird tale about, like, the media and pop stars and, like, taking them out. I'm just going to remember what the actual plot was because I forgot. It was this weird comic that, like, similar art style to uh, what they're doing now. I, um, I really did. It came out, like, 2015, so. What I really think about it, going back to the anime side of that, is because, especially with Clunan on California 2019, it kind of, it still feels of that world, but still feels like its own thing. Like, they did this almost impossible balancing act, where it's, you can totally still see how it's Killjoys, but it feels unique and separate from the other comic and the music videos and album. And I, I'm kind of shocked they're able to keep that up in ways that, again, I just... I didn't see coming. Uh, I mean, it's insane how, like, yeah, it's that thing, but it's almost a separate world, almost. Um, like, I almost want to go back and read the other book and see the comparison now at this point. I haven't done it yet. Yeah, I need to. I know I bought the library edition that long ago, so it's sitting over here, and every time I flip through it, I, I have reread it. Uh, it is crazy looking at how different they are, but seeing where you can kind of piece where... A little bit of the influences came from, a little bit of the idea started, but totally see how Jay completely changed at some point. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm also curious where the story's going, because now both issues, and it feels like more because the first one was double-sized, so it feels like we're almost on issue three, and I think that's why I keep on in my head fighting, saying all these issues, like, no, we're only two issues in, but it feels like, I don't know, I love this world so much, it just feels very welcoming and like, oh, okay, I'm just ready to exist in this world every time I pick one up. And I don't, but I don't know where the story's going. Like every, every beat so far has been so unexpected and I have no clue. Yeah. I mean, my theory, I think is that some type of corporation against the man plot, but that's just kind of the vibe of the danger days characters. That yeah. Might instincts that. Oh, for sure. Um, I think that's at least in the album too. That's kind of, you mentioned earlier, that's always 
been the big killjoy thing of, you know, art versus consumerism and where do you draw the line between giving people what they want and then forcing people into wanting what you have? Yeah, and I think uh, if you look at the slits for next issue, apparently that's where the plot apparently really starts going somewhere, which makes sense in six issues, unfortunately. Um, we, uh, so my, I'm going to say, uh, you, everyone listen, you kind of got our general idea, but I'm going to say minor spoilers from here on out, because there is something that happens very early on that is 100% one of those Gerard ideas that he's never really played with in music or other comics, because it's honestly pretty fucking dark in a weird way. The So, spoiler alert for something that happens very early in the book. The uh, removing the baby embryo and freezing it for later. I saw that, and I was like, what? Like, that is... That is so much from... Like, when you hear him talk about some of his darker influences... And some of his darker ideas. I feel like this is the first time I've really seen one of those. Like, okay, that's a very unique idea that I've never seen before. Of, oh yeah, you know, we we didn't do an abortion. We did uh, more of an evacuation. And that's like how it's like um, it's still alive. It's in the freezer next to Nana's empanadas. Yes, all <laughs> that. that. Yeah, that was great. I again. It, those little things that I just didn't see coming and it's so unique to this book because I think there are still a lot of people who are expecting this to somehow wrap up and tie into the music and the other book and I think the more this goes on the more we see no this world is very very different <laughs> it's, it's so good though I mean yeah, yeah I, that was opening but I was not expecting I mean I feel like that kid's obviously Mike's I feel that's a little too obvious but I could be totally wrong. No, yeah, I think that's uh, the whole thing. And seeing seeing that kid, seeing the kid grow up, but again, just knowing, oh yeah, that was a, not an abortion, but not a full thing either. And I guess that would mean that that the sister had her twin's baby. Yeah. Uh, which adds a whole other element of weird um, also another thing I really like about the book is how he's gone away with references the casual things like there's a watchman smiley yeah um, there's a reference to Batman um, there's Mr. Potato in the corner of the book too there's a yeah I wonder how you get away with just casual stuff like that not getting in trouble with DC at this point I really also wonder, I don't know, Donnie Cates is probably about to have a bigger issue with that, to be honest. Uh, but, uh, but there's not much to say on that yet. Yeah, I know. I still, that's a, for anyone listening, I haven't read Crossover. I won't spoil it right now, but I will say there's some hints at major characters popping up that there's no way Donnie Cates can get the rights to, and I'm very curious to see how he plays with that. uh Going back to Killjoys, yeah, no, there's a... I'm curious if it's coming from Gerard, it's coming from Sean Simon, or it's coming from uh, the artist, because, like, the interesting one to me is the, the constant Ramones references, because through all my, all my years of loving Gerard Way, My Chemical Romance, everything he's been a part of, I feel like Ramones are one of the things that have just not really popped up a lot. Like, whenever he mentions influence, whenever he mentions other things... Ramones is never one of the go-tos or one of the ones he mentions or has ever, or honestly, many of the band, like, 
from that even from that era, you'll hear a lot more Misfits and a lot more Ramones when it comes to pretty much all the MCR guys. You know, you're right. Um, I've thought about that a couple times, but it's fascinating that that's the big thing. I really wonder what that's about, why the Ramones are such a big... I'm, I mean, that was the original inspiration for the sound. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking a lot of... Again, we talked last review about how the sound had a lot to do with when they were making conventional weapons, wanted to do an American band and be an American thing. And maybe because remote, even though misfits are American, they're so horror oriented that it kind of can be anywhere. Maybe because Ramones feels like the most true American punk rock band. It's all I can think of. And argue the Stooges, but there's also that to me because it's fact they're a gang and it kind of works. Yeah. Well, Iggy, Iggy does, but maybe uh, that's a good point too. Yeah. I don't know, but Going back to yeah, Ram- uh, Ramones just being the fact that they are all like anyone who become who became Ramon took on the persona of a Ramon sibling. So yeah, maybe that does have something to do with it. Of that, even if you're not family, you are family type of vibe. Yeah. That. Also, just look at the credits. I didn't realize this. Um, the person who wrote a Trinity Girl helped out with something. Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize that. So I'm not sure what her part was, but somehow she's involved with this book. That's so. really cool. I love I love seeing the more and more I see of all the young animal people getting to find new homes, either with Gerard because of Gerard or other places because they're working young animal always makes me smile. Yeah. Which uh, cover did you get for this one? Uh, all of them. Because I'm <laughs> crazy still. I wouldn't say you're crazy. It's more hardcore than I am, apparently. On, kill, on Killjoys, I... Killjoys I can be on. I'm trying to cut down on certain things, but I've made the crucial error of, oh, I'm saving money by not buying these. Well, I'll just buy these and more covers for these. Yeah, no, it's uh, all. But also, this is one of the few books that the, the, the two titles that always makes it very hard for me personally when I'm buying physically for variants are Spawn and now Killjoys because all the covers are actually great and by different enough artists where they all have their own vibe and feel like little art pieces from that world. Yeah. Like, it's much better than the random, not throw other books under the water, but, you know, like, X-Norn has a ton of variants for X-Swords, and a lot of them are just like, oh, this one guy picked every, every person who has been war from Apocalypse is on the cover. Why? Uh, No reason. Where this is, oh, this cool artist that uh, clearly, the creative team loves is getting to do a cover that clearly adds a whole nother take on this universe, but still fits in with what's established. Or it's um, it's Marvel in a month, so hey, here you go. Yeah. Oh, uh, which I mm, that's a whole nother topic, but at the same time, I have no clue who buys that shit. I don't get going back to consumerism. I've never understood that shit of. Oh, it's, you know, you like Venom or you like Spawn? Well, get this book that's connected in no way to them, but the main character is now Venomized or Spawnized or, you know, Carnageized or Nullized or whatever it is. Just from going to the shop every week, there's a market for it. Don't know who it belongs to, but I've seen a couple people buy it. It's a weird speculator market, people, that just like, well, it's going to be worth money because there's only five of them made and I bought all five. Congratulations. (laughs) You're just selling to yourself. Uh, um, I think I'm going to buy the McLean cover for the next issue, which I'm very excited about. They're so, so pretty. There's, 
I'm hoping later on we can get another James O'Barr cover because him doing that Doom Patrol cover was so great, and I would love to see if we could get a Killjoy's James O'Barr cover. Or a freaking James Harvey won't be sick. That would be. I'm I'm kind of shocked. I'm, I'm hopefully will. I don't think, to my knowledge, at least we haven't got a straight up Gerard cover for this one. We have not. Maybe it's last issue. We'll get that last issue there. I hope so, because I always loved for the Killjoy series, Umbrella Academy, or any other story he's done to get that random Gerard piece. Yeah, because he's done a couple, I think. I'm not sure yeah. if it's a Doom Patrol one, but I know there's I know Neverboy and some yeah. other ones. He's done some really cool ones, and I I know everyone who talks about them, I was like, why in the fuck don't you do your own book or your own covers or your own piece one day? And I know he's hinted at maybe doing that one day, but I would love to see a full book of his art. I think his art is really, really cool, really unique, and has this weird, like, Nick Darrington cross with Jonan Vasquez look that I love. And I would, uh, I'd kill to see more of it, and I'm ho- I'm hoping we do. I mean, the kill, the, uh, his cover to, uh, the last Killjoy series was one of my favorite comic covers, period. That's pretty good. There's a few. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, no, I, I'm the only thing I don't like about this issue is it is back to twenty seven or however many pages, and that kind of. That's really my only issue with it. I know it's not abstractly we've talked about this whole thing, but the uh, half the amount of pages of the first one kind of bums me out. I wanted more. I know. So. I I don't want to be greedy, but man, I uh, I love. Normally, I'm a less is more type of person. Normally, I'm a more bang, you know, oh, get in, get out, leave people wanting more. But this is one of those stories that I genuinely read the first one so fast, even though it was double sized, that this one just flew by while reading. Yeah, I think I read the first one like two or three times. It's so good. Like, I'll probably go back and read this again when we get off here. Yeah. Uh, Gerard and Sean Simon are great at having this very fast-paced, frenetic energy-infused book that I so many others don't have. I mean, I love so many writers, but I feel like a lot of them always pace things out in comics a bit slower to stretch things out. And Gerard, Sean Simon, uh, there's a few other people I've put in that category, but there's not a ton that somehow books feel fast, but also feel like you get a lot. Yeah. Uh, like, I definitely got that one. Yeah, so. yeah. There's very, there's very few people who can pull that off, and I'm, yeah, I'm just ready for more. I every time I, every time I'm, I see it on a solicitation. Every time I see someone post a new cover or anything, I'm like, okay, yeah, I just, I just want it. I'm already all the way in. I know, I have so much faith in the creative team that no matter where they go, I'm gonna fucking follow. Uh, yeah. See number three. So let's talk about. Let's see. Oh, shootout! Mm-hmm. And discovering schemes mm-hmm. from corporate advisories. I'm excited. I don't I, feel like going to December 9th, to be honest with you, but yeah, I look forward to. I guess that's the other only bad thing is because last the first issue came out at the end of October, and this issue comes at the beginning of November. So we got like really quick hits, really fast paced. We got, you know, what, 70 pages of Killjoys in a short amount of time, and now we get to, wait, a month. Yeah, which I guess tells me I'll reread the first two again. Yeah. Just read, so, uh, we can mention, uh, kind of the same topic, Umbrella Academy got renewed for season three. 
I did. Still have not watched season two, but it's, it's, it's a thing. <laughs> it's still worth watching. Oh, I'm going to. I just, yeah. you know, I am. I just it's true. I, so. uh, and then, uh, there's, uh, while we're talking about that world, uh, you also still have Gerard posting that random photo and then uh, Frank teasing something happening tomorrow. Uh, don't know if they're connected. About that. That's yeah. crazy. Don't know if they're connected or just something else. But uh, we are either this week or next week. I can't remember the exact day. It's somewhere along the lines of the 10th anniversary of Danger Days. That's good to know. I know next week is uh, You Look Like Death. Yeah, that's number true. three, Fuck. I think it is. Yeah, number three, which... So we're halfway through that one. That story's also been really fun. I'm... With the popular Umbrella Academy, and with... I mean, right now, Dark Horse not having a ton else besides Umbrella Academy and everything Gerard's doing. I, uh... I'm hoping we do get all these weird stories they've talked... They've teased about, like, having other spinoffs for all the Umbrella Academy characters, and... I'll be honest, keep sending me Killjoy stuff from now forever, and I will, uh, I'm down. Just give me a whole series about some of those gangs in that first issue. I agree. Give me that shit or just, honestly, just keep on. I'm kind of shocked at this point that we haven't got any kind of comic of the concept or story for Three Cheers. That's another one where I'm like, I know you got a weird story in your head for that one. Put that fucker out. I just picture it like a Child the Homestyle Maniac type thing. It probably would be. It it would definitely be similar. I mean, but I, I'm down. I'm here for it. Put Put the exact same creative team on it. I'm here for it. I'm so I think that's the one you could do a, a James O'Barr cover for really well. Oh, yeah, that could work. In, uh, dude, I won't lie. James O'Barr doing like a weird, his own version of the Three Cheers cover would uh, be everything I want. Yeah, that'd be sick. That, so. that, oh, that is so much of that. that. That'd be a weird thing, knowing how much The Crow was an influence clearly on the story of that album. That would be one of those weird moments of completely something coming full circle yeah which reminds me we need to do a crew episode at some point down the line because we never discussed that like in full we do the crow is the crow both of one of our favorite books and uh, just such a weird property all around like also super nice creator yes james yano i i have a signature from but have not met him that's a super nice guy he, he, he seems like it. That's one of those dudes that clearly, when we talk about art meaning something, one of the only people I can genuinely say wrote the story he was passionate about, uh, turned down tons of major contracts, and stayed to just whatever he wanted to do. That's That being said, I would still kill for James O'Barr to do like a Constantine run or some shit, but... That, Didn't uh, he like try to do a Batman story, or am I just thinking things? I think he got... Some major, it was either Spider Man or Batman, or so they. I know they offered him a ton, and I know he either tentatively took a contract or maybe took a contract, but like couldn't get past an issue or two or some shit like gotcha. that. So I knew there was something about it. I wasn't sure. There's there was, was definitely a major character that James Avar got offered and was trying to come up with something for, and just didn't feel it and didn't. Which is weird because he he's done like The Crow and like five other books. And then a couple variants. I don't know what that dude does in his time, to be honest. Yeah, I, I mean, his last time he just doesn't really do much. He just kind of does his thing. I mean, yeah, I don't so. even know. Like, I honestly picture him just listening to a lot of Joy Division and New Order while probably reading like a military magazine. I mean, apparently he likes Stray Bullets. 
Hey, I love trade bull. I love trade bull. It's that you know what? That's that's uh, another another category. That's another dude, David Laugham. I would love to see him do some covers and some work for uh, Killjoys. Laugham's a character, a guy I've read a tiny bit. Like I read a little bit of Straight Bullets. I enjoyed it. I love it. Wasn't him. my favorite thing though. So. I, Straight Bullets is interesting because depending on what story you read and where you pick up on from, it can be its own thing. It, like every different Stray Bullets iteration feels like its own weird world. Okay, that makes more sense now because I was just like, I don't really get this. This feels like a Tarantino type, yeah, uh, pretty yeah. criminal Brubaker type thing. So. Yeah, it it gets uh, what is it, Sunshine and Roses? I think is one of the newer ones that was really good. And he's he's done some other really odd work, like he did. Uh, I think he did Deadpool Max. Which is okay, a, I did a Batman run. At some point. Yeah, he's had a few runs that are just fucking bizarre. They're, most of them are really good, but he's another person that has such cool art style that I don't think gets enough credit for how much he's really influenced a lot of, especially the underground scene. I'd love to see him get... Him and Barr both are people that I would just love to see them get more and more recognition because it's crazy how much influence, especially Barr has had with Crow and how few people know that name still. I think what we need is like an outlaw documentary. Just about all the outlaw comic guys. We do, we do, but we don't need it. We've talked about this, except it needs to go past 1993. <laughs> like, there's yeah. a, a lot of people that do some great work, and we're fans of a lot of people that do really in-depth articles and videos about a lot of the outlaw books, but it feels like everyone into those kind of just stopped talking about underground and independent books when the year hits, like, 98 at the longest, and then just ignore everything for the past 20 years. I mean, a certain um, channel also that seems to stop at 1998 and just haven't really progressed forward unless it's Chris Weir yeah, or, um, you know, something occasionally pops up just to throw a slight shade, I guess. Hey, you so, know what? That's uh, that's hopefully what, what what we do is just talk about the weird, like more current weird shit. Yeah, which is what this podcast seems to be developing into. And I'm uh, totally happy with that. Like, I love... Especially with Killjoys, which uh, I will say anyone out there listening, don't listen to our shit normally. I know these are like Killjoys-focused episodes, but don't worry. We are going to have plenty of episodes uh, like our old style where just talking tons and tons of weird shit. Because I think it's impossible. For me personally, I don't know why, but I like how we're doing this where it's a, re- a review, but also just talking about everything that goes on with influences, what we saw and didn't see. Because I think too many reviews are just worried about, is it a 9 out of 10 or an 8 out of 10? And what's the story? I think it's much more important to like, oh, here's what we saw in it and the influences we saw and what we think it's like and what we think was cool, not just the, you know, 9 out of 10, go buy it. I mean, to me, every book I read should just be like a 10 out of 10, so. Yeah. The only thing that's kind of weird right now is just 10 of swords, but that's a whole different thing. Yeah, that's another, that, that in itself is a whole can of worms because that could, like, I don't know, that that's a good example of, a week ago, it was a ten out of ten for me. Uh, we need four days. Uh, other co-host for that book, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Four four days ago, that changed a little bit, but it could change back. I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, I'm. Yeah, I'm gonna keep on Killjoys. It's continuing to be the book I am by far most looking forward to every month now. And man, I'm hoping. I don't know. I just. I don't even know what I'm hoping. I just want more of it. I just want more and more. I think it's uh, my most look forward to book of the year. Like, yeah. I really enjoy it. It's my top one. Yes. Um, the Quorum's probably number two. Whatever that comes back at this point. 
because I guess it kind of fell off, unfortunately. Yeah, there's COVID. The fun of COVID definitely put a lot of books in this weird production cycle of being put off and put on. Like, on the stump, I'm finally going to get to finish reading because the trade came out, and I said, because of COVID, I loved to death the first couple issues and then lost track of it because I genuinely didn't know when it was coming out. I remember seeing, a, like, an issue the at the shop. I was like, okay, sweet. It's back yeah. for you. I thought of you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it's it is it's such a good book. It's so good. There's there's tons of great Kickstarters. That's one thing I am glad that we're going to focus on more is just books like that that I think, you know, maybe coming out in a big way, but don't get a don't get a ton of attention. Speaking of that, I know uh, we mentioned it last episode, so we should mention again. I know uh, Children of the Grave got I think pushed by a couple weeks. I saw. Yeah, it comes out next week now. Okay. And, uh, at some point, you get been on the show discuss that. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, maybe with the book coming out, maybe next time we talk, one of them will be on one or both of them will be on the show, so we can go in depth on that. Yeah, they ever got some reviews on it, which is kind of cool. Um, it looks freaking awesome. I'm legit excited about it. As soon as it goes, as soon as I find either a way to order it uh, through a shop or directly through them, I'm going to because it looks everything I've seen looks awesome. Probably order it from my store, mm-hmm. and they would ship it to you because that wouldn't be bad. I could do that. I can give you the information for that, which, uh, by the way, is Acme Comics for anyone who's listening to this. And it's like, wow, where does this guy shop at? Wow. Um, so yeah, my my local shop, uh, Comicsology, doesn't have it right now, but maybe <laughs> yeah, one day. Uh, I'll give you the information so you can get the copy. Please do. That'd be kind of cool. Definitely so. do because I want to support, help support a book like that. Because for anyone who don't know, Children of the Grave, uh, they they live do they live in the same town or, or town right next to you, something like that? Yeah. Ben does, and apparently the other writer's actually in Boston. I didn't know that. Holy I thought he was in the area. Um, but it's um, a buddy, buddy of mine who works the shop I go to and plays in a band and make it a crazy horror space story. So, I like I, a name list or something like that. I will so. definitely definitely say, if you guys listen listening out there like what we talk about and like what we're interested in, he, I will say, seems like a sp- almost a spiritual... A third member of Dangerous Humans because every time I see him post about anything it's always either like music or comics or I think even wrestling or stuff that we all are also into so yeah that's been for you yeah he, he crosses a lot of our same stream so I'm excited to get him on here one day and also very excited to read the book because that book again it looks like a weird combination of from what I've seen of like some of the like Death Metal, Spawn, but then also My Kim inspired. Uh, kind of, I've seen very little, but it looks awesome. Every like every influence I can throw out there that I, I've seen in it, I like. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. But I'm pretty sure it's next week, so yeah. that's something we can talk about. Or very wait to get him on the show and figure that out. Need to talk to him. My job's about to get crazy, so have yeah. to work that into with uh, all the holiday fun coming up. I'm sure it will oh, be. Oh boy. We should yeah. We should have said this at the beginning, but I also want to thank, I know the Gerardway Street team and a few people and members from that group on Twitter and people who shared our last episode. Hopefully we'll listen to this episode too. Uh, but thank you to all those people because it's always nice to see people, in, especially in the Mike Kim and Gerard communities, not only just hit a like but actually listen to it and look at the analytics and seeing how many people that shared it actually listened to it. That means a lot. So thank you guys. Yeah, seriously, that was crazy. Every time my phone blown up, I was like, "Wow, I'm like, this one cool." Yeah, it's it's oh. awesome. It's 
look, it's as fun as it is to have a tweet that where it's like, oh, I made a funny joke and it got popular. It's a much better feeling to be like, oh, I made this thing and people actually like this. Yeah, two dudes rambling about freaking comic books for however long this yeah. is is insane. People we'll try care. to we'll try to keep this one a little shorter here now towards the end of this one. Keep it not so long, so you guys don't get our full rambly experience yet. Don't worry. Uh, next, I think next episode will be back full dangerous humans off off the trail and our brains wondering whatever topic we want to instead of trying. This is us trying really hard to stay focused on killjoys and trying to. Every normally, how I know both of our brains work. Every time you've heard us mention another book, that's normally another fifteen-minute conversation about that book. Well, it's just like we just abstractly talk about this instead of the thing we're supposed to talk about. It's hard not so to. It's really random. And it's just awkward, random sound to me rambling about I don't know puppets and shit. Yeah, so. which man? Now see, it almost happened right there. It, it almost, almost did, and I stopped it. <laughs> it almost happened. You went that way, but I also I just seen they released some new Puppet Master figures. So I was like, I'm not a huge Puppet Master fan, but they look kind of cool. I've never seen those, dude. They are they're bizarre, and yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop us right there. This this is a great example. A great example of what happened <laughs> to Dangerous Humans, where trying to even it's like a, it's like a ghost in a movie. If we even acknowledge how it works, it's gonna it's happen. Like yeah. Right, where it's like, oh, there's a ghost in the corner. We're just not going to talk about it. Like, kind of is. Like, we know there's a random, tangential ghost in the corner that likes to possess and take us down all these crazy paths. And it's easy to let happen. It's fun to let happen. That's a fun ghost over there. But when they drive, our episodes go from 30 minutes to like two and a half hours. So It's, it's so true. I'm going to spread a good time. I'm going to try to say... Try to wrap up and say thank you everyone for listening to us. Talk more Killjoys, and we will be back shortly with other awesome shit. Oh, yeah.